0: Hello, hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your girl, Mitzi, and this is Mitzi. Let's think about it. Today, we are thinking about the power of love. That is truly something that a lot of people really think about, but don't really understand. So luckily for me, I have a special guest on my show who wrote a story about his late parents and about their power of love. So um, I'd like to introduce Michael. Michael, go ahead and
1: Right. Thank whatever. you very much. Thank you for having me, Mitzi. And I'm glad to be in front of your wonderful audience. Well, let me just give you a little bit about who I am. My name is Michael Ruskin. I'm an author, a researcher. I'm also a publisher. And I write memoirs for people. So that's one thing I also do. But in this special case, I've written the book about my dear parents who are no longer with us. And it's a story about their lives while they were in Europe during the Nazi occupation of Europe. So they went through an incredible experience and it wasn't for the power of love and their strength of the human spirit, they would never have survived the Holocaust. Now, I don't know how many people know about the Holocaust. Adolf Hitler was the dictator back in the 1930s. Uh, He had a very dislike for a lot of people who were not Aryans, who were not considered to be the master race. And he tried very hard to get rid of a lot of the, what he called inferior inferior people. One of those were the Jewish people. Mm -hmm. Uh, I come from a Jewish background. My grandfather was a rabbi. Uh, My mother was from a country in Lithuania, which by the way, 97% of the Jews from that country perished during the war between 1941 and 1945. There were about 150,000 Jews in Lithuania at that time, and they were reduced down to less than 3,000 people from 150,000. When you consider that both my mother and my father lived, I call my parents the miracle couple. They're like my heroes. Very few people made it through. And the fact that both of them live is truly an exemplification of what it means to be like to have this the power, the spirit within you to get over. They had the faith, the courage, the love to overcome such an incredible experience. And it is a lot because of the love they had for each other uh, because they were actually um, separated. They were put in actual different concentration camps during the war where they didn't even know if the other one was still alive. And that's where the vow came. Again, the vow is called the vow, a love story and the Holocaust. They made a vow in 1944 before they were separated into train boxcars shipped to different locations. My father went to Dachau, which is outside of Munich, Germany, and my mother went to a camp called Stutthof, which is in northern Poland. And they made a vow in 1944, five years after they were married and they lost their three and a half year old daughter, who was my sister. Wow. She was taken away from my mother when she was three and a half years old and I'll go into that in a little bit a little bit later but so they made a vow on the train platform before they were shipped to the camps that they made a vow that if either one were to live they were to go back to the place where they first got married in 1939 to see if the other one was still alive. So they didn't even know at the time for nine months and they didn't even know where they were going when they were put on the box cars going to the concentration camps. They didn't even know where they were going. They yeah. were told the Nazis, they were being resettled. And to them, it would, to the Nazis, they were going to their death, but they would not tell, them. there were about 3,000 that lived were on the boxcars that were shipped to different concentration camps.
0: Yeah.
1: Imagine, it was horrible. They lose their three and a half year old daughter. Mm-hmm. And then three months later, they're being shipped to different concentration camps. It That's
0: Yeah, it, it truly is. The Holocaust story is one that really hits my heart because um, growing up in, in school, they did teach us about the Holocaust, and we actually got to meet a few survivors from the Holocaust. They showed us their, ta- their tattoo. You can still see the trauma that le- that still was in them. And it's, it's heartbreaking because no one can truly fathom what they went through. And like you said on your website, n- so many voices will be silenced because they never had a chance to live. You know, no. millions
1: of people. That's right. They rarely ever spoke about it. In fact, the, the the way the book came about, Missy, was when my father died in '93, and I and he lived in Miami Beach, and I went down for the funeral. I was living in New York at that time. My brother and I went down for the funeral, and then after the funeral, a few weeks later, my brother and I decided they wanted to we wanted to sell the condominium mm-hmm. that they were living in. So. I went back to the condo and as I was straightening out the condo for the real estate people to come in, I went into my father's night table and in the night table, there was a documents from the lawyers and the doctors that were taking testimony from my parents that they were, rep- they were applying for reparations to the German government because of the fact that they lost their sister and they lost their parents on both sides. And as i was sitting there reading through these documents both in german and in english i saw information in there my felt my parents never spoke about the information that i found that night in this night table and i was reading over those documents oh, wow. about, so it talked about their their physical and mental condition after the war they talked about instances of what happened to them during the time in the ghetto, called in the ghetto, which which is where they were before they were shipped to the uh, concentration camps. So they went into a lot of detail there. And I never knew about this until I found those documents back in 93. And that became the nucleus of my book.
0: Oh, I was actually, thank you for bringing that up, because I was going to say, like, how did you feel when your parents told you, but it seems like your parents never told you
1: anything, huh? No, rarely, rarely. They, they, my mother brought it up only once that she had a daughter when I was really young. I mean, you know, my mother, my mother passed away in 2002. And when I was growing up in New York and New Jersey, I really didn't, I couldn't connect to, they didn't talk about it. So I really couldn't connect what was going on and it was only as an adult that I started to realize how special they were and they were already gone. So I, as their last surviving member and their son, I felt it was my obligation and my honor to write their story. But they did not talk about it. I mean, they were very quiet. And my mother would say to me, don't tell anyone we're refugees. And of course, my parents had a very heavy European accent. You couldn't help but know that they were refugees. But my mother did not want me to tell anyone in the neighborhood that they were refugees. So they were very quiet. And a lot of people, a lot of, a lot of uh Holocaust survivors do not talk about those experiences.
0: You're, you're absolutely right, because I actually when I lived in Florida and Orlando, I had the opportunity to take care of an individual. He was almost 100 years old at the time. This was about, almost already five, seven, probably 10 years by now since it, um, I took care of him. and he um the the head nurse that was above me um she told me that he was a holocaust survivor and when he moved to the united states he refuses to talk about religion he refuses to talk about politics anything he, he now considers himself to be an atheist just because of what he went through and i ha- i've respected it because if that's your choice i'm going to respect your choice because you have a reason behind you believing this and, and wanting to move forward on, on this. So it's just crazy to know that he's not the only one that had that perspective shift as soon as the Holocaust ended. Like it totally changed their frame of mind going forward. Like the judgment was there on them for the rest of their life. They felt like they were they were damned or something for the rest of their life. And it's sad because it, it, it was nothing to do with them. It was no, just no, an no. ignorance per
1: one person that had too much power. Yeah, I'll tell you the reason my parents, their love for each other was a- absolutely unshakable, and they 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 also stayed alive because they knew that if they found each other, they had a very compelling future. They had a future to go to, and it kept them going. A lot of people gave up, and when they gave then when they give up, they usually end up going. And yeah. so I, I got to say that the, the book itself is an absolutely incredible story because they went through so much and the, the loss of their families, but they still had that love for each other and for mankind. Um, I should tell you that when my parents were liberated, my father by the Americans, my mother by the Russians, uh, my mother opened up first school for um, the children whose parents passed away in the Holocaust. It was in a displacement camp. So what happened is after the war, a lot of the Jewish and also other minorities didn't have a home to go back to. Their homes were destroyed or the Russians took over and they became a communist nation on the on the uh, eastern part of Europe. And so they went to displacement camps. And in these 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 placement camps they were waiting to immigrate to other countries like Israel, United States, South America, And so there were a lot of different nationalities inside these displacement camps. And there my mother opened a school and she spoke six languages. My mother was a school teacher and she spoke six languages. And she was honored at an event in 1947 where she was um, celebrated by General Dwight D. Eisenhower, who became the 34th president of the United States, wow. and a number of dignitaries, and a number of UN people. And I have the photo of my mother at the displacement camp with her children. And I also have a photo of General Eisenhower. That I, This is all in my family album. I found this on my family album as I was putting the book together. I didn't even know it was there. I took the family album, and I saw General Eisenhower in one of the photographs of my baby brother. No, he's not my baby. He was, the, he was my brother. He was born in '46, And he was in a baby carriage right in front of General Eisenhower with a bunch of dignitaries uh, beside him. And my brother's in this baby carriage crying, and General Eisenhower's right behind him. Took, I guess the GI must have taken the picture and given it to my father. It's wow. the most incredible, and it's also in the book. Wow. That's, that is very cool. That's awesome. It's it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Really? Uh, So, 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 so I'm just saying that she still had the love within her to give back. After all she had gone through, there was still love in her heart to still open up a school and try to teach the children that made her extremely special. That's
0: rare. Let's be honest. That's very rare to find in, in, in somebody that who, just suffered through so much that her life was right there at the line. And yet once she got liberated, she was like, this is my time to give back. This is my time to help. This is my time to do something different. And that motivation, goodness, that's amazing. So I guess to that leads to my next question. Does your parents love and the type of individuals that they were, does it motivate you to be who
1: you are? Absolutely. I yeah. think I think the love we have for other people is is within all of us and and you want to treat people the way you want to be treated. Yes. And I I give back as much as I can but there's also you got to understand you also have to have love for yourself. Yes. Self-love is the number where you have nothing to give unless you have love for yourself. Exactly. So that's also very important but I, you know, I treat people equally. I, I I do everything I can to help people right now. I'm working at a nursing home. I'm also taking care of an autistic child. So it's the way I'm giving back at my age. And I'm not exactly a spring chicken anymore. But I feel I want to give back. And I think they instilled that kind of feeling in me. And they and all this, I'm telling you, I didn't know a lot of this when they were alive. It's such a trend and to me. It's I, I feel guilty that I didn't realize how special my parents were until after they were gone that's one of the reasons I wrote the book to keep their legacy alive
0: yeah I was I was just about to ask that but you just hit you just hit the nail right there at the end you know well as soon as as soon as they died you you wanted to make sure their legacy lived because like you don't know I mean if they don't talk about it how are you necessarily supposed to know you know we can't read minds and once we can I mean be careful
1: world right <laughs> no, no, you know I was an American born in this country I'm the only native born my brother was born in Germany and my relatives are all from Russia and Lithuania and I'm I'm the last surviving member I'm and, and growing up in in an America in America my parents are European and like I wanted to go out and play baseball and I wanted to hang around with the kids in the candy store and that sort of thing I at that age I just couldn't I couldn't really relate, or did I even want to think about it? Although I knew they were concentration camp survivors, I didn't really question them. And I didn't, you know, I mean, we would sit in the den watching TV and we're watching uh, documentaries from World War II. And I never could, I looked at the TV and I couldn't connect what I was watching on TV to the people that were sitting on on the sofa with me. And they were right there. So as a child, I guess I just didn't have, I don't know if it was the maturity or the, or the uh, curiosity to know more about their lives, but they probably wouldn't have spoken about it much anyway because they didn't want to, they didn't want to uh, take their wounds and open them up to other people. So,
0: yeah. yeah, let's be honest. Opening that that can of worms, you don't know what you're going to really find at the end of it. No, the, the, I mean, I to, I could only imagine them watching those World War Two videos and just trying to see the truth. You know, see how much truth is really being relayed because they were there, they experienced it. And when someone's there and they experience it at the moment, it's totally different versus when somebody records it later on in life. And that was the beauty thing, a beautiful thing about your book is that you had records, you had the receipts, you had the proof, the verbiage and 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 the pictures to go along with it. So it's not like you were making it up, it's not half fantasy. The the proof is in the details, it's it's in the words. And I was reading some of your book and I was reading the testimonies and I was just like, wow, I really need to get the full version because goodness, this seems like shifting in your perspective of love. Because a lot of people think that love requires a, a different type of work or if it's it just happens. I mean, it's so weird how people imagine love, but the way that you have your book, it really seems like it puts it in a different perspective. So I guess leaning back to what I just said, I mean, what do you feel or what does it mean to you when you hear the words, love takes work?
1: Um, Love takes respect Um, and like love that. takes understanding and love takes giving and uh, love also requires some compromise. And if you love someone, you're not going to have a diff- difficult time wanting to make the other person happy and they feel the same way about you. So, um, and that's what my parents had. Um, what, what made my parents really special, Missy, was, and this is another reason, is that when you suffer together, you bond closer afterwards. In my parents' case, they suffered together, but they also suffered apart. And that also makes a big difference because when they lost their daughter, they lost their families, they were a couple, but then they were separated for nearly nine months and they suffered apart, not even knowing if the other one was still alive. And when they came back together, which is in the book, and it's an incredible way that happened, um, it really created a credible bond that would never be broken, even now, because I know they're here. I will tell you, while I was writing this book, my fingers would race across my keyboard. They were talking to me in my head. I was coming up with words on my keyboard. I never even knew I knew. And there was, I was writing these words. They were thoughts. They were putting into my head that I was writing down. That got into the book. One, two in the morning, I'm there typing. And the next morning, I wake up and I look at what I wrote, and I can't believe that it was me that wrote that in the, in my uh, manuscript. Wow,
0: I think I think that's amazing. I think that's a beautiful experience. I, I truly do. I, I I think this is oh, so beautiful. And to actually have you on my show to share this story and for us spreading this, this love and the vow of, of what your parents took really should bring hope to the next generation that love is still real, love is out there. And um, like you said, it, it requires a lot more than just work because work seems tiring, work seems exhausting, work seems unfun and un this unwanted. But when you add respect, and commitments, and everything else that you just stated, it makes it easy because love should be easy. And I I know what your parents went through wasn't easy, but the fact that they found each other that's faith. That's faith. And when you when you wrote what your mom said that um. Uh, I will pray until the day we return together in those in That's those right. words. That, that was your oh, oh my goodness. I felt it in my heart. I was just like, wow. Like those are deep words, deep yeah. words and deep statements to hold on to. I could only imagine the day that they actually came together and they seen each other. I would have bawled on the floor crying. I wouldn't have been able to make it to him. Like,
1: I, I can't yeah, believe been... you're here. It's, it's incredible. My, when my father got liberated by the Americans in May of, in May of 1945 in, in Dachau, he, it's in the book, the, the chapter is called The Mission. My father spent almost three months going from one displacement camp to another looking for my mother. As he was traveling back from Germany to Lithuania, either the, he walked, he took a train, or the GIs picked him up to take him to the next town. He, he spent almost three months on the road at going into these placement camps, looking for my mother to see if she was there because he didn't know where she was. Mm-hmm. She was going to Poland. He didn't even know where she was going. And so um, what happened, and I'm not going to go into it, but it's an incredible part of the book. is Yeah, that he, don't 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 yeah, feel like he, too it. He, he, he too found much. each other, otherwise I wouldn't be here.
0: Yeah, exactly. You wouldn't be here. You wouldn't have this beautiful, beautiful testimony that, of your parents. And now that has a ripple effect on your life where now you see love differently. Now you see life differently. Now you see people differently where now you're at your age and you're still giving back, you know, you're still giving your time and time is so precious, you know, and time is the best, best thing to give to people, especially when some, sometimes that's all people are seeking. But yeah. I guess, this, uh, but I guess to start wrapping up the show, just because I don't want to get cut off here, but it's so good. I feel like we could keep talking about this for a, a good while. Um, what would be some lasting words that you can possibly leave my audience with so that okay. they can truly think about this differently?
1: Okay, uh, to find love within yourself is the first thing you need to do. and And the fact that we're all here to give something back God put us on this planet for us to come together. I believe we're all connected. And I think sometimes people seem so separated, even even if they're religious, they don't really respect each other's faith. And that really separates us. And that's what the Nazis tried to do, separate the people and then they would conquer. And so we got to realize we're all brother and sister and we're all here to help one another. And as I've gotten older, I realize more and more how important it is to love each other. The other thing is I never had children. So my love, especially now, I look at a child and I realize how precious these little babies are and they're the closest thing to God. And that's why one of the reasons I work with children right now is because of that. But the main thing is that you feel love for people, you respect people, you honor their opinion, and you try to accept the fact that they may not be like your own, but you still respect them for who they are. Yeah. And I to, yeah, it's it's really important. So, um, so yeah, so I wanted to leave that as one of the most important things that I've learned. And um, I hope that people pass this on to others, how the important of love is, especially in these times where there's so much separation going on around the world. And people like us will be the ones that keep the glue together. When people buy my book, I always tell them, please give it to others to read it's so important they understand my parents set an example for all of us, the power of love and the strength of the human spirit within ourselves.
0: Yes, absolutely. I think this is, this is a, that's why this is such a, a good interview because, um, and the, when I was reading your, your memoir, when you sent that to me for the request, I was just like, this needs to be heard. People need to think about this. People need to really hear his story. And I truly believe that if you're someone that needs to hear this because you're obviously listening to this podcast you know go check out Michael go check out his his website go check out the book share the book share this news share this this podcast you know you never know who need this flip of a switch to start thinking about love and themselves differently in their environments because this didn't just have a ripple effect on Michael's life this had a ripple effect on everybody's life that his parents came across as well, you know. So,
1: Missy, I want to really quickly tell you that if people are interested in my book, they can't get it on Amazon or Barnes and Noble. They they have to go to my website if they want to order the ebook or the book. And the website is the dot com. So a lot of people end up going to 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 Amazon thinking the book is on there. I only sell it through my website. It's almost like my my baby because I never had children, and I autograph every book. And I've sold, I've sold thousands of books already. Every book I send out, I autograph every book.
0: Oh my goodness! Well, there you go. That makes it more of a reason for us to get the book because you. Know, I and I have his picture on my website, directly to his site, and you can find the book directly there. So easy peasy. You don't have to go searching all over Google or Amazon. Don't get yourself lost. Go directly to MitziThinking.com. You'll find Michael's picture. Find his direct link or just go to The Vow and you will find it. I swear Now I'm going to have to get the book because now I want your autograph. <laughs> that's good. I will.
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Well, that's it, y'all. That's our show. Always keep, keep thinking. Be safe out there. Bye.